Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept in 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s nature documentary Darkwing Duck. Learn all the most useful skills to survive the out of doors. How to make a campfire. How to spot a robot bear. How to hide camping gear from your father. How to thwart an evil plan by an international malevolent organization. All this and more then you can shake a flaming marshmallow stick at in today's episode bearskin thug beautiful bomb and th- this was i just confirmed with you this was my pick for the episode that i don't remember yes i for the most part i did not remember it then the muddlefoot showed up and that w- that was the one part that i remembered I was just like, oh. And I didn't remember that part. I know. <laughs> you're convincing me it was a different episode. <laughs> and I got to that part. I have it in my notes where it's like the RV comes. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to thank the person who's... And then I just hear him and I paused it. And I was like, yes! <laughs> I, I watched it again and I was so glad I was wrong because I was thinking about you sitting at home watching this episode, <laughs> disappointed, probably watching it being like, this is an okay episode. It could use some muddlefoots. Not expecting any <laughs> muddlefoots because I lied, apparently, and told you there were none. And then there they are. I knew you would be so happy. I was like, Kitty's going to be so happy. I'm happy. I just smiled through the rest of that episode. <laughs> Granted, they're not in it very much, but they do make an impact when they are there. Uh, much like the bear that gets hit by their RV. But we'll get there before we dive into the, the secret metaphoty goodness of this episode. You want to make some announcements about a comic book? Yeah, comic book updates for the Dynamite Darkwing Duck comics. So apparently the release date has been pushed. I'm seeing some conflicting dates. The Duck Talks podcast uh, often reports all this news on Twitter. And they had reported that, I think it was on previews, they had the release date now as January 25th instead of the 4th. Mm. But also a YouTuber named The Captioned Life just did an interview with the writer and he said that it was dropping on January 18th. So I I don't know which is the truth here. I mean, could be either. So I guess we'll, we'll have to wait and see. I am going to post the link to the YouTube interview in the show notes for this episode because I really enjoyed it. The YouTube channel was called The Captioned Life. The video was called The Return of Darkwing Duck Comics, an interview with the series writer, Amanda Dibert. It's pronounced Dibert. I, I said Dibert, I think, or Diabert in when I first mentioned her a few episodes back. So I stand corrected. It's Amanda Dibert. Now we know. Yes. And uh, it was a delightful interview. I just want to highlight the fact that she mentioned in the interview that she's done comics like a lot of big titles like Wonder Woman and Star Wars and DC superhero girls and all this stuff and she said what she didn't expect about the Darkwing Duck comics was when it was announced she said that she's worked on a lot of big properties like Wonder Woman and Star Wars and she said Darkwing Duck was the biggest reaction she's ever seen to an announcement more than any other show she's worked on And she concluded that the Darkwing fan base is super intense, and she loves that. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, ma'am, we have been starving for scraps for years. Big old juicy steak in front of us. That's actually, I think that's actually what she says too in the interview because she was trying to, she was trying to like understand why so many people are into the ducks. And she, that was kind of her conclusion is that Darkwing Duck doesn't have as much content as say Star Wars, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. And I also think that Darkwing Duck fans, we are just a special breed <laughs> of people, of fans. We do have our ways. We go hard. We go very we hard. We sure do. But yeah, that is basically my announcement. So yeah, definitely go check out that interview. She talks a little bit about some stuff that'll be coming up in the comics, her goals with the comics and what she was thinking about when she's writing them and all this you know, neat stuff that uh, I think is really exciting. So yeah, YouTube link will be in the description. That is all. Check it out. Uh, she talks all about the five-part all-muddlefoot story <laughs> arc that I'm writing. And uh, <laughs> No, but you, know, you can call me. I'll, I'll do it. Um, so yeah, so exciting. You know what? It gets pushed back. That just means they're putting an extra level of polish on it. So... It'll be it'll be worth it, I'm sure. Also, there appears to be several more covers that have been released. I know that the Gargoyles, so Gargoyles from the same publisher, Dynamite, dropped uh -huh. their first issue this month. And issue number one had something like a hundred covers or a hundred very why? I, I don't so I, I don't, don't know the comics industry very well, but I'm wondering if maybe in the past few years, perhaps because of I don't know. Everybody scans everything digitally now, and you can access a lot of comics for free. Maybe they're having trouble making money or bringing in the fans like they used to. So I wonder if the comics are just sort of an incentive for collectors. With the thrill of the chase. I mean, basically, you're getting a single person to buy several of the same issue just to get the covers that they want. So I guess I, I've heard that Dynamite in particular is just well known for having a ton of variant covers. But yeah, I think it was Greg Wiseman posted on Twitter a photo with several of the covers and it was just comic books of the same issue one with all these different variant covers. Jeez. Hey, good to know. But you know, I can't complain too much because that means more Darkwing Duck artwork. Mm -hmm. And hopefully down the line, that means more, you know, Morgana artwork and Negaduck and all my favorites. So, I mean, it's pretty much guaranteeing that there'll at least be one cover out there that you like. So there's that. Yeah, exactly. Maybe there will even be a Herb Muddlefoot cover just for you. Mm, the kitty edition. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, so that's your comic book update, friends. Uh, we will be reporting in on that too eventually when it does come out um, in the meantime we did mention at the bottom of last week's episode that if there are any suggestions that you have or ideas that you would like to pitch to us or episodes that you want us to watch uh, please drop them in our inbox because we are after today's episode we are literally at the end of our wheel yeah we only and, have uh, uh, twin beaks left right it's true it's true. Uh, and I think maybe we should... I'll make you watch an episode of Twin Peaks. And then we can watch Twin Peaks. 
Oh, but anyway, that, that's true. I've never actually seen Twin Peaks. Yeah, I've seen Twin Peaks relatively recently, and it made me understand this episode a lot more. Oh, <laughs> it's a very strange episode of a kid's show. But we're not going to talk about that one now. We're going to talk about Airskin Thug, which if you would like to watch, it is on Disney Plus Season 1, Episode 15. Rick and Goslin have a father-daughter bonding time. Exclamation point. They really do. They do. I mean, begrudgingly, as I guess most father-daughter bonding time is, with Goslin and Drake, but it's very, very begrudgingly. And I was actually very much enjoying this episode, and then the model foot showed up, and I enjoyed it so much more. There's just, I don't know what it was. Like, it, it just from the beginning, maybe because I didn't remember it, it was just making me laugh. It was just making me chuckle. It's a good episode. So, yeah. And it's fun. I feel like Goslin gets to be very Goslin and Drake gets to be very, very niche Drake in this episode. We open up with the Mallard house and Goslin is living her literal best life with Honker. They're just in her room eating cereal, reading the funny pages, the newspaper, and just celebrating the fact that they have nothing to do but watch cartoons and play video games. And that sounds like heaven to me, too, Goslin. Okay? Then I have to think, what would a cartoon in a cartoon look like? Would it be live action? That's a really good question. Um, I'm going to assume it's cart, like, I guess they, from their own vision, are real to themselves, but maybe the cartoon characters are not. Maybe it's like a puppet show or something. That, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how that, that oh, that's, that's given me some kind of a... <laughs> It's messing with my head. So this is what we should be talking about in the Twin Beaks episode. <laughs> but yeah, so if I ever get to, to do a, a cartoon ever, then I will have the cartoons and the cartoons be live action. So anyway, that was my, my first stray thought of this episode. Anker offers her uh, the travel section of the newspaper and she says, if it's not comics or sports, then her brain rejects it on principle. <laughs> which was pretty great. But lo and behold, Hour of Horrors, Aslan discovers that they are in the dreaded camping season. Have you ever gone camping, Ange? I mean, I was in Brownies. I don't know if you have that in the U.S. It's like Girl Scouts. We do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I was in Brownies as a kid, and we did a little bit of camping, except it was more like go out to a giant cabin where we were all stuffed in there. So not so much roughing it outside. I don't think I've ever really classically gone camping. I have no desire to. I very much <laughs> related to Goslin. I hate being outside in nature. I absolutely abhor it. I think part of it is that whenever I go out into nature, something terrible happens. I, For some reason, I'm the person that attracts all of the mosquitoes in the world oh, no. like nobody else i could be out there with like several people and the mosquitoes will just be on me and ignoring well, it because you're not outside ever you're a rare vintage they're like oh <laughs> I, I haven't seen one of these before i guess and it's just i don't know i'm the person that will get covered in poison ivy and i will injure myself somehow and just it, it is not fun to me the only way you can get me out into nature is if it is a cottage, or I guess in the U.S. you call them cabins, where you go out there and there's full electricity and comfort 
and you just get to enjoy the nature around you, but you're still in a place with, you know, actual plumbing. And that's exactly what I do. I go, I go yeah. see my friends every year. I go up to my friend's cottage and it is literally just, you know, it's out in the middle of nowhere, but it has full electricity and heating and all that stuff and beds. And You're in, in nature, not in Nature. Yeah, yeah, and it's wonderful. And, you know, there's an HD TV, so we play video games <laughs> and basically do everything that we would do at home, except out in nature. Muddlefoot family style. Very much so. Very much so. <laughs> uh, I've only been a couple times, really, as a kid mostly, um, traditional like tent camping. And I just remember one of the times when we were out doing something naturey. A raccoon got into our tent and <laughs> ate all of our Inman's donuts, and that was really depressing. <laughs> and and then as an adult, I've like camped out on like my friend's lawn at her cabin in the middle of nowhere, and uh, with a whole bunch of other people. And then after that, I was in a cabin, which was far more comfortable because of all the reasons you just listed. Yeah, like why would you want to sleep on the hard dirt ground and get eaten by bugs and, you know, have a possible bear stick its face in the tent and attack you? <laughs> <laughs> See, there's all these things uh, that are stacking up against camping and we've barely even scratched the surface of this episode. Uh, Goslin, as we've alluded to, is not a fan. She is desperate to not go camping. Your tea blues? Horse and that! What am I gonna do? Where can I hide? It's camping season! Come on, you gotta help me! Every spring it's the same thing! The campsite's open and Dad starts mutating. He stops being Dad and turns into the true outdoorsman! I get the willies just thinking about it. But what's wrong with going camping? <laughs> Sounds like fun to me. Are you kidding? No heat, no TV, no videos, no fast food, no bed, no bathrooms. If I wanted to live like that, I'd move in with Bigfoot. She's like taking all the camping equipment out of their closet. As she's doing this, she's just throwing it at Hunker. Hunker is diligently holding it all. And he says he doesn't really see what the big deal is. It sounds like fun. And Goslin starts ranting about the downfalls of camping. She and Hunker start hiding all the camping gear under the couch. <laughs> she's just got like propped it up, and it's it's just ridiculous. They're just throwing all this stuff under the couch, and um, she traps him under it because she's just so in her angry head, just ranting about everything that she she traps him under there, and she's got to pull him out. And then um. The couch is like a foot off the ground with all the stuff underneath it, so she and Hunker start jumping on it to flatten it out. <laughs> Perfect plan. It's like, oh, just watching this already, I'm like, okay, this is a good one. I like this episode. And then Drake comes in because of all the noise, and Goslin and Hunker try to play it cool, uh, as if they were just you know, hanging out. And Goslin pretends to be reading her comic book, but it's upside down, so Drake calls him out. And he sees a cord sticking out from under the couch, which he pulls and it inflates a raft that sends the couch and kids and all the dreading camping equipment flying. When they land, they land in a perfect, like the tent is perfectly pitched 
and the kids are sitting on camping stools and have a nice little fire going <laughs> and they're roasting like hot dogs over just in the middle of the living room it's it's really very funny it made me laugh and then drake is in the tent he comes out of the tent all discombobulated and is rumbling and about to yell at goslin but then he stops and he sees that it's all the camping stuff and he gets super excited and it's pretty adorable like he's like oh no it's not camping season he's like oh my god it is camping season and he's so happy he's like goslin i love you <laughs> he's like i would have forgot about all this and she's just dying inside she really is <laughs> did you so find it interesting that uh she says at the beginning of her rant she says every spring he does this which implies that at this point in time they have been together for several years or at least several seasons mm. but mm. it still feels very much like you know the characters don't age or anything so i thought that was kind of interesting yeah, I didn't. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, maybe he's also like maybe she's been with him for at least one year, and then he's just showing her all the pictures of him like catching fish, and like oh, every year I go out and do this, and she's seen it firsthand. I don't know, but Drake certainly does get into it. He does. And the second he knows his camping season is the second I guess he books a camping spot and is forcing Goslin to go. And as he's so happily getting ready to start packing the car, Goslin is sitting on the lawn talking to Honker, dictating her last will and testament. <laughs> <laughs> because she's convinced she's going to die on this camping trip. <laughs> oh my god. She's just she's bubbling down. And in an effort to delay her fate, Goslin starts unpacking the car as fast as Drake is packing it. Drake is unaware of all this, and he's just happy as a clam. He's humming to himself, he's whistling, having a great time. And he kind of goes back and forth a couple times until Goslin blows her own cover and uh, tramples him to get some of the camping packs out of the car, and she's busted. And then the car is pretty much um, a, a goofy movie, overloaded. Yeah. <laughs> and at last, it's finally packed. And Goslin's like, oh, let me just get rid of this loose string here. And of course, it's the raft, and it, she inflates it, and it smothers Drake and kind of blows everything off the car, setting back to the departure time again. But Drake is undeterred. He is going camping. Goslin is also undeterred and destroys their car by ripping out the <laughs> undercarriage to stop them. It's oh. perfect. It's so perfect. Oh. My god, I was like, oh my god, she's costing him so much money right now, that car is destroyed. And then, uh, but damn it all, they are going camping, apparently, and have now overloaded a rental car, and are on the road, and we see uh, the only reason why this has happened <laughs> is because Goslin is literally chained to the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, or drink to check into the campgrounds they're just kind of sitting there and all these cars are just speeding out of the park because as a frazzled park ranger tells them there's a big bear in the campgrounds uh, drake insists that he get his camping permit and the park ranger is like fine just die then <laughs> and throws all the camping permits at him and then he picks up his little ranger station and runs away with it like flintstones power 
He's just running down the street and Drake just kind of watches him. And uh, even the critters that live in the park are trying to hitchhike out of the park as a bullfrog. Like, there's, like, this little collection of animals that I guess we're asking Goslin for a ride. And it's, like, a bullfrog, a raccoon, a squirrel family, complete with, like, a little mom holding a little baby squirrel. Just, like, standing there with their suitcases. And uh, they leave them in the dust. Drake is <laughs> not letting anything stop him. He is a man of the outdoors. And this man of the outdoors immediately goes into teacher mode and starts teaching Goslin that the first rule of the true outdoorsman is picking the right spot. And Drake tries to hammer in the tent spikes, but there, I, I really expected there to be something under the ground that was just breaking these spikes and making him own himself, but it was literally just the ground, I guess. Drake is having issues with the tent. And Goslin just whips out a jackhammer and starts jackhammering the ground. And nothing happens then, but when Drake has it, he just eats a hole into the ground and disappears. But a true outdoorsman knows how to improvise, he says. And he has now tied the tent to a rock and like this little <laughs> flimsy looking plant thing to get it standing up. And Goslin kind of plunks, plunks the line. And the whole thing vibrates until it just snaps and Drake gets wound, like, completely tied up in the tent. And then he tells her that she should go chop firewood. <laughs> and I was like, that seems like a great idea and a terrible idea at the same time. <laughs> and she's very excited about it. And then Drake just confirms my suspicions and says to himself, he's like, maybe that wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you want to give this child an act? But she did think better of it. She does not have an axe. And she's very vocally annoyed about the fact that she doesn't have an axe. And she's just scrounging around picking up little pieces of wood. Bear starts stalking her and trying to swipe at her. And she has no idea that she's nearly had her head knocked off about five times by the end that she's <laughs> at the end of her little walk gathering, gathering her sticks. Uh, she gets back to the camp and Drake serves up some camp food. Which are little dehydrated, like expandable pellets, apparently. You know, like the sponge creatures that are in the little capsules yeah. of food. Yeah. This is, this is a very. So he drops like a little eyedropper of water on them. And it's like steak, mashed potatoes, and corn. But when she pokes the steak with her fork, it blows away like it's a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. And they try to roast some marshmallows. And, uh, Drake describes what the perfect campfire marshmallow should be is golden on the outside, but not burned. And I disagree. Gonna be my hot take section right here. They should be burned on the outside. I particularly very much enjoy super burned marshmallows because if they get burnt enough on the outside, you can just very gingerly take that completely bubbled melted sugar shell off it and continue to roast the inside of it i just like peel away the layers of like an onion but made of sugar delicious oh so, do you have a preference on how you roast your marshmallows Ange? i'm really bad at it i'm very much like goslin i just kind of cram it into the fire and then it usually <laughs> bursts into flames yeah yeah but i mean that's the best part you have to feel like prometheus or you're doing it wrong <laughs> So Goslin is, you know, 
playing with her marshmallow. She's like pretending it's a fighter pilot and all that stuff. And Drake snatches it away and winds up burning down the tent, <laughs> which he blames on Goslin. Basically, they don't say anything, but he kind of looks at her like it's all her fault. I don't think that's fair. He's kind of expecting it at this point since he's caused so much <laughs> destruction already. So much destruction, property damage. He's already cost him at least $5,000. But he has a spare tent. So all is fine. It's this little tent now. And she is outraged by having to use an outhouse. She comes out of it like with a gas mask and <laughs> all these kinds of things. And they settle in so that they can go fishing bright and early. And he's like, oh, I don't know how I could sleep on this lumpy ground. And she says, hey, want to use my air mattress? And then inflates the raft again. And uh, we're at three raft inflates this episode. <laughs> it's great. In case, anybody is, in case anybody is counting. And I wrote to myself, and I'm sure there will be more. Meanwhile, <laughs> the bear watches from on high, growling at the moon and waving his arms around. <laughs> Oh, Drake thinks that the growling is Goslin's stomach, and she's not convinced that it isn't her stomach. But the bear has now somehow made it all the way down to their tent and has his whole ass head on their legs. Yes. <laughs> and they start to run, but Drake declares that no bear can scare a true outdoorsman, let alone Darkwing Duck. And he kicks the bear in the chin, but the bear just takes it, tries to crush Drake in a bear hug, which Drake scoffs at. The old bear hug, eh? I laugh at your <laughs> rustic, though curiously effective attempt to suffocate me. Alright! Perfect! Put him down! Gaz shows up with a shovel, clocks the bear, whose head spins around in complete circles. Like a lot. Oslin is very impressed. And um, this should be our first hint. This bear does not see, uh, is not very uh, much one of nature. But the bear is taken out by an RV camper. Mm. And Drake says, boy, I want to thank the guy who and a howdy neighbor things through the forest, <laughs> making me scream, yes. As the Muddlefoots have arrived and my serotonin is through the roof. Herb says that Drake was right and that the kids are looking a little on the soft side and could use some outdoor action. Unker basically says that Tank isn't happy about the situation and Tank just slides into screen growling. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts threatening Drake and Drake is intimidated by a child. It's just beautiful. Uh... Um, and Herb is also a true outdoorsman and knows that the first rule is to pick a good spot. And he's like, oh, where'd you pick? And Drake is just like right there. And we see that the Muddlefoot RV has completely run over the mallet tent and is parked on top of it. And then Herb walks over, <laughs> walks over to it and he says, that, that doesn't look like a very good spot. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, that is peak her muddlefoot. <laughs> I am so happy right now. <laughs> that moment was pure joy for me. Because <laughs> he's like seriously considering it. He's like, oh, this looks like a very good spot. <laughs> like, like he just didn't run over somebody else's tent. Uh, so Goslin and Drake do get up early to go fishing with 
the raft, the nefarious raft, but the, the raft is not done being mischievous and through some comedic thing or other slingshots them into the lake. Drake is having no luck fishing and Goslin is not surprised. Drake catches a fish, though, that immediately lashes onto his head and he says, man, I really hate this part, which makes it seem <laughs> like this is what he thinks fishing should be. <laughs> but this is how he's always fished. That a fish latches onto your head and you have to wrestle them off is how Drake thinks fishing happens. Uh, Goslin, eager to help, starts pummeling him with an oar <laughs> as the bear is just kind of standing on the shore watching them. <laughs> but then, oh boy, we don't get to see him. But we hear the unmistakable uh, voice of Beakpuss and we get to see his finally... Uh, outfitted arm talking to this bear weighs in on how pathetic it is that the bear is not being able to scare off Drake or Goslin and tries to smash him in the face with the shovel but the bear just barely blinks and the shovel is all smashed up and uh, he's told if you can't scare them off then just get rid of them and then the bear growls and Steel Peach is, is like so dismissive about it he's like yeah whatever save it for the peanut gallery babe Steelbeak <laughs> is so f like he, he doesn't have a whole lot of lines but what he does say in this episode it's so funny every single time <laughs> he's, he's great he's so dismissive and the bear just walks off looking so sad <laughs> he's just like oh you even like my growl oh Meanwhile, back on the lake, the fish is now off Drake's head. And the bear is on, like, a cliff above them. And kind of jumps out like he's going to scare them. But they wouldn't be able to see him from where they are. But it doesn't matter because then the ground that he's standing on crumbles. And he falls into the water, causing a literal boatload of fish to fall into their raft. And this happens, of course, at the exact same moment that Goslin is saying... That a candy bar is better bait than a worm. So, of course, she thinks that's why all the fish are hopping into the boat. And Goslin has shared their bounty with the Muddlefoots. <laughs> who, who have brought an entire kitchen table. Tablecloth with dishes, chairs, and everything on their camping train. A chandelier, trip. even. A chandelier, yes. They hang a chandelier from the tree over the table. Oh my god, it's beautiful. The tank is just slurping the fish right off the bone. It's just, god. So Goslin rubs it in that she's the one that caught all the fish, and Drake is seething in a recliner. <laughs> they brought two recliners and a TV. <laughs> I love the muddle foot so much. Herb kind of loads up his plate and wanders over to eat his dinner next to Drake as they watch TV. All this roughing it really worked up our appetites. <laughs> and Drake loses it. He starts pointing out all of the luxury items that they brought with them. Apparently they also have a microwave. And um, yeah, this is where we see like the, the long shot of the table where you see that they have a, a chandelier hanging from the tree. Roughing it? You call this roughing it? Tablecloth, microwave, easy chairs? You even brought a TV, Herb! But it's only a portable. Why, yes. It doesn't even take cable. <laughs> the pioneers didn't have microwave ovens. They lived off the land, eating nuts and berries and dirt and stuff. Uh-oh. I can see where this is going. Gazelin! Let's go. Today I'm teaching you how to live off the land. 
Oh, if I knew this was gonna be my last meal, I would've eaten more. And I think that's the last we see of the Muddlefoots. It is. They are just, they, they make their beautiful, glorious appearance, <laughs> and then they, I guess they just continue to eat and enjoy but, the comforts. Yeah, they probably have a great time. It's probably one of their top three, you know, family vacations. Perfect. Oh, it was magnificent. Oh. We're gonna we're gonna go out there and eat nuts and berries and dirt and stuff. <laughs> yeah, because then when we do see what they're up to, he's just straight up sticking his head in bushes and eating leaves. He's just got leaves in his mouth, and he's he's just he's going extra. He's turned into the true outdoorsman. Goslin nopes out of all of it pretty quick and sneaks away and immediately bumps into some Eggmen. And then here comes Steelbeak and uh, Bear. He can we the bear. can we just go, go, go. note for a second that what happens now was in like the last five minutes of the episode? Yes, which was very yes. interesting to me because I was like the the pacing is very strange, but it was fine because all the Goslin and Drake stuff was really worth it. But I remember I was looking at it, I'm like, how are they going to conclude this? And because with the credits, that's maybe like four minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, it wraps up real quick. It's it's very much like a let's get through this up. Like here's our premise. We're gonna play with this, and then let's resolve it real quick. Yeah. So it was it was definitely maybe like five minutes left to this episode when Goslin finally runs into the Eggman, and she runs into the Eggman. She's like, "Oh my god, Eggman!" And Steelbeak is like, "Well, you got it in one." He's just not even surprised that this little girl knows what Eggman look like. Um. <laughs> But he tells the bear, who he calls Fang, to take her. We finally get to see what's up with this campground. As Fal is hiding missiles in trees. Like, they're chopping down trees, hollowing them out, and then standing the missiles in the trunks, and then sliding the hollowed out trees back on top of it. And uh, Goslin's like, I feel like this is bad for the environment. And this is the part of this episode where I know that you have mentioned that you're surprised. I don't remember it because Steelbeak is just standing there and he's the butterfly is beautifully floating by and he's just like, like he's literally talking to the butterfly because it's the only thing that's on the screen. Hey, listen, when we're through, this park will have enough firepower to atomize a continent. Can't be too good for the trees. Three schmees. I hate this nature stuff. Fresh air makes me gag. Yep, give me civilization any day. Oh, gee, that sounds familiar. And he blasts the butterfly with the bug killer and kills it. So I guess makes him gag. Makes him gay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes him gay. That's why. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now Goslin is faced with someone who shares her dislike as nature of nature as much as she does. Know the lessons we learn when we're captured by a secret agent and his bear while he's hollowing out trees to hide missiles in. Who hasn't been there? Steelbeak decides that he's going to throw Goslin into Old Reliable, aka the birdie boiler of a geyser. I thought he was going to throw her in there, but then he does something really kind of messed up and much worse is that mm -hmm. he like draws it out and sticks her on a stick and he's like, oh, that's going to go off in five minutes and kill you. 
basically he's, makes her dangle over the gaze. Guys he was gonna... going to let this child have all of her flesh burned off of her body by a geyser. Like, that is... Steelbeak is hardcore. He is. He sure is. Yikes, man. So, props to him for being super evil in that moment. Uh, meanwhile, Drake is still in the same place Gosnell left him, cleaning out his ear <laughs> with a stick. Let's just glossing through his entire like head and brain <laughs> then he finally realizes that she's gone he whips out his binoculars and instantly is zoomed in on the action <laughs> which is pretty funny and he calmly narrates everything he sees you know being like oh there's the bear there's goslin there's steelbeak there's a uh, missile so he's like what steelbeak and then it's time for some darkwing because we have like three minutes left of this episode and we get an I am the terror that flaps the night. He says, I am the pustulant blister that burst in your boot. Mm. Blech. That's a gross one. Even the Eggman thought so. Yeah. He poofs up behind those Eggmen and conks them out pretty immediately. Before the cloud dissipates, he rescues Goslin. He's super efficient this episode. Must be his outdoorsiness. Somehow there's now an attachment for the gas gun where he can just shoot a gout of flame out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and he shoots the gout of flame at the bear and then all the fur beer is burned off and it's revealed to be a robot bear. And then Darkman decides <laughs> the hand-to-hand combat is the best way to kill a bear, a robotic bear. Um, so he promptly gets squashed. As Steelbeak gloats over everything that's going on, Goslin uses her outdoor skills to light a fire under his foot, then hops off. Darkwing yells basically into the bear's mouth. Here's Echo, because he has no self-preservation at this moment. And Goslin uses her newfound fishing skills to hook him with the fishing pole and drag him away from danger and revive him using some of the leaves he was going on about earlier. And he's just very happy that she was paying attention, which was very sweet. It was. And then the bear approaches. And then what do we use to defeat the bear, Ange? I forget. Raft! Oh, right. Okay, yeah, because they. <laughs> I, I, I remember the guy... I watched this a few hours ago. I should remember... <laughs> <laughs> the ref saves the day and it bounces off into the bear and the bear gets stuck in the geyser and then Darkwing kicks the Eggman and Steelbeak into the bear and the geyser goes off sending them all flying into the distance like Team Rocket and the day is saved thanks to Darkwing Duck and the true outdoor persons as Goslin does the whole fishing pole thing and ties both of them up and then that's the end of the episode a very fast end, but time was taken. It tied up very quickly. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. I also really liked <laughs> there was a line that Steelbeak said that really made me laugh. And it was, what are you, a franchise? Because I can't get away from you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darkwing wishes. He wishes he could franchise. That's it. That was Bearskin Thug. I had apparently some memories of this episode. Uh, ones that Ange had blocked and together we relived them together and it was a beautiful moment of Muddlefoots in the woods and yeah it was it was fun it was a good one I don't I don't know if it's one that's endlessly rewatchable but it was enjoyable I I fun and 
I feel like the animation was pretty solid. Yes. Still big looks a little weird, but and doesn't he? And uh yeah, so how would you rate this episode? I think it's a pretty solid episode. I think whenever I think of episodes for specifically Drake and Goslin and their relationship, this is the one that comes to mind. Just the I don't know, just the whole dynamic of her trying to get out of camping and you know the plotting and they're kind of back and forth but they still you can see like there's this they're both very strong-willed and Mm. neither one of them is going to give up so it literally took drake chaining her to the seat of the car (laughs) and i don't know i just think it's it's a really good way of just showing their relationship in general Mm -hmm. and i i just love that dynamic so i love it a lot for that. Obviously, the Muddlefoots too, which I totally forgot about. <laughs> but yes, they are in this episode. So, mm-hmm. and they they do a good job too. So, I don't know. It, it's just like it's. It kind of reminds me too. There's a lot of slapstick that reminds me of like the old goofy Disney cartoon mm-hmm. stuff, where not like Goof Troop, like way before that. You know what I'm talking about? Like the old yes. Disney shorts with yeah, him. Yeah, where it's like him in the Olympics and. Him jousting, stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure there was a camping episode at one point, too, oh, with him and his... Been. I think there was with him and his son, who was like a red-headed kid of some mm-hmm. sort. Um, I remember watching those when I was really young, and it feels like that. Like, there's just a lot of those funny gags, and it just sort of leads into this last five minutes. It's like, this is the plot, this is the climax, but it just has to conclude very quickly. But it's fine, because everything that came before it was just, you know, it was funny. It's entertaining, yeah. Yeah, so I'd give it, like, I don't know, a four and a half out of five. I think it's a pretty good episode. Yeah, I'd have to give it a seven million out of two. Um, because it's a model foot episode but yeah it was very good and i touch on what you were talking about with the drake and goslin factor it's a good episode too because even though he does get annoyed with her he's not a jerk to her because mm-hmm. there's so much so many episodes where he is just awful to her and he's just as petty and like super nasty to her and he's not that way in this like even when he's annoyed he's just kind of like all right come on let's go Tie, uh, he's gonna tie her up but he's not gonna be like you know cruel about it i mean she is tied up but she did rip out the bottom of the car <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's one of those episodes where he's actually drake for most of the episode he isn't dark yeah. so we're seeing more yeah. of that side of his life yeah and uh yeah so basically the last two or three minutes he's Darkwing. yeah yeah even though we all know that he's actually Darkwing the whole time it's great too and there's so many funny parts like you know just the visual stuff too like again with the kids burying everything under the couch and then trying to jump on the couch to like hide it and the beauty of the oh i have to thank the guy who saved us from that bear and it being herb (laughs) and just seeing all of the life drain out of drake's face (laughs) as he was just about to thank herb model foot for something it's just magnificent and i wonder i i I feel like this had to have been before a Goofy movie. It's it like was. basically not, you know, not exactly the same premise, but pretty damn close. I mean, Herb and Binky don't have a bowling alley in their camper, but I don't know. There Goofy go. movie, we... I think, came out a couple years after Darkwing, if I mm. recall correctly. It's a very good movie, but 
eight is no herb model foot, even though they sound suspiciously alike. <laughs> so here we are, friends. We watched it. We watched a, a surprise model foot episode. And I thought it was very funny that as soon as this episode ended, the next one that's on the queue for Disney Plus, the, the next to tried to autoplay was You Sweat Your Life. So <laughs> it would have been a model foot double feature if I had just let it go. But I didn't. That one. Well, well, we'll be getting Muddlefoots next week with Twin Beaks. We will, we will, and that one I I have I do remember a chunk of it, but I don't know, don't know. So, do you want to watch Twin Peaks first, or do you want me to explain Twin Peaks things to you as they happen? Huh, that's a good question. I'm fine with either. Okay, well, I feel like you explain a lot of things to me, comic book style, so I don't mind explaining as much as I can about Twin. Peaks because Twin Peaks is a notoriously strange show that there's just some things you can't explain, like the log lady. So next time we will be talking about Twin Peaks, wherein a corpse <laughs> of Bushru uh, plays a central theme, and Binky's eye patched sister is uh Darkwing's like broad. really into her too. Yeah, <laughs> which. <laughs> Which must have been very confusing for him. <laughs> so next week we will watch Twin Beaks. And remember, everybody, if you have ideas or episodes that you would like for us to watch, uh, ways to torture us by making us watch terrible episodes, post them line in our email at uh, sleepless at... Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, go. Sleepless.stcanard. That's S-T-Canard at gmail.com and I also have the email address in our episode description as well I I am nothing if not consistent so <laughs> you remember right. you remember the muddlefoots and I remember all the other stuff <laughs> yes, I mean I have a very particular set of skills <laughs> <laughs> alright so then everybody remember that the first rule of true outdoorsmanship is to pick a good spot and just make sure that it is not underneath her muddlefoot's wheels. And that crime does not sleep, especially in the woods. Neither do we. Have a nice camping trip. There you go. <laughs>